to the Rebel Love Podcast, where each week I'll bring you a new episode exploring love, sex, relationships, and money. Join me as together we question, explore, and strive to understand. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Rebel Love Podcast. Today, my guest is Jamie Bronstein, a relationship therapist, coach, and host of Love Talk Live on LA Talk Radio. She was named the number one relationship coach transforming lives in 2020 by Yahoo Finance. And for the past 20 years, Jamie has been teaching her clients how to heal their past, love themselves unconditionally, how to be vulnerable, tap into their inner strengths and intuition, and live more authentically to achieve their relationship goals. Jamie has a bachelor's degree in psychology from Boston University, a master's degree in social work from New York University, and a certificate in spiritual psychology from the University of Santa Monica. Jamie empowers her clients to become aware of the fact that they were born to have love in their lives. Not just any love, but the right love for them. Welcome, Jamie. Thanks for being here today. Thanks so much for having me on your show. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm really excited. I feel like we're going to talk about something that is really helpful for me and hopefully for a lot of listeners as well, which is how to manifest an energetically aligned relationship. So I really love this topic. I think it's kind of really hits the nail on the head for the kind of relationship that lots of people I know are looking for. So before we get into it, I'd love it if you could share a little bit about how you ended up where you are and your own journey. Sure. So I always say that I was born to do the work that I do because my name in French means I love. If there's an apostrophe after the J, J apostrophe A-I-M-E, J'aime means I love. And as far as I can remember, I've always loved love. So I've always been a romantic, very grateful that I grew up with parents that are a beautiful example of a marriage that they're just, they have it. You know, they came to this earth to be together. And then when I took my first psychology class in high school, I just couldn't get enough psychology, got my master's in social work, as you said, and then I got my certificate in spiritual psychology. And along the way, at some point, the clients that came in, I was taking all clients before, you know, like when mm-hmm. you start a business, you know, I've been doing this now for 20 years. So mm-hmm. the first, I don't know, eight to 10 years, I'm just taking all clients. And then but the clients that came in that wanted to either manifest a relationship, work on their relationship as couples therapy, or we're going through a breakup or divorce. Those were the ones that I just was so much more drawn to. So I just branded myself as the relationship expert. And this is my passion. So I wanted these clients to come in. These are my people. So can you explain a little bit what spiritual psychology is? I'm really interested in that. Yeah. So it's a little hard to explain, but I'm going to do it in the simplest way possible. Spiritual psychology, the term is actually redundant because psychology, psyche is actually means your soul. It's a study of your soul. But somewhere along the lines, it got translated into more behavior. So, and spirituality is your soul. So what I teach people how to do is to show up in life from your authentic self, which is your soul, which is that soul that came to this earth before life got in the way. I help people change their lens of perception, how they see life and how they see relationships. I help them to rise above, to have more compassion, to do forgiveness work, to heal what needs to be healed from healing those unresolved issues that whether they started from childhood to now, spiritual psychology is all about the law of attraction. So our outside experiences are a reflection of our inner reality. We literally are constantly manifesting our life because of what is happening on our inside. So I help people 
to cultivate their intuition, to connect with themselves so that their inner world is authentic and the way that they came to this earth to be, which is the best way so that their life can flow, be in the flow of life. Nice. I feel like that is... That explains it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's kind of like a hard thing to teach as well. It sounds like it's a hard thing to teach. So I mean, I don't know if that's true, is it? <laughs> no, I mean, for me, it's such a joy to teach it. So I don't call it hard work. For the client, it is work, but it's beautiful work. And if someone really wants to have a better life and better relationships, then they have that conviction and that drive and that willingness to do the work. And ultimately it is just a joyful experience. It's not fun to go back, you know, to resolve the unresolved issues, but anything in life that is worth having is worth doing the work for. Yeah, that's very, very true. And I think sometimes often I find, and myself included, we'll get to right to the last point where it's like breaking point where like, I just can't do this anymore. And then you're like, okay, now I'm ready. <laughs> now I'm kind of ready to do the work, not because I necessarily choose it, but because I just don't see any other pathway. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Yeah. And I like what you just said about a different pathway, because what I like to say is there has to be another way. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like the definition of psychosis is doing the same thing over, but expecting to get a different response or reaction or... Um, Result. Yes. And that's what people do in their lives until they become conscious and aware and have the willingness to change, take action to change. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. We're going to come back to this, but moving on to the manifesting and energetically aligned relationship. So with all my guests, I have a quick 15 minute chat. We just talk about some things and we think of you know some conversation topics that we're going to talk about. And in that conversation, you'd mentioned chemistry versus energy alignment. So I really like that. What is the difference between love chemistry and energy alignment? I like that question because actually I've never answered that question. Oh, awesome. No one's ever asked me that question. I always, you know, when I'm interviewed and when I write and when I do my reels on Instagram, I always say it's not chemistry, it's energy, mm-hmm. but I've never really explained it. So let me see if I can explain it. I would say that chemistry is more of a, a physical thing. Okay. So like when you have chemistry with somebody, it's like the hormones are going off and things like that. And it physically feels good to be with that person. Energetic is more of, is a knowing. Energetic is when you feel alive in that person's presence and you're not necessarily sure why. When maybe there's this person that comes along and maybe they're not like literally like you're tall, dark, and handsome and like what you would normally go for. But for some reason, you feel drawn to them. Those are things that are, when I talk about energy and also energy is like, when I say you don't fall in love with the person, you fall in love with their energy. Since everything in life is a projection, it's like when you find that person that you're supposed to be with, it's a recognition. People say it feels like home, but that's because it's almost like it is you. It's a reflection. You see this energetic connection because it feels good because there's parts of them that are parts of you. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. It definitely makes sense. Yeah, I've definitely had situations where I feel much more immediately comfortable with someone. And like, for example, I have a very close friend of mine who I've never been sexually intimate with, but I feel very intimate with emotionally. Like we're very close, kind of like my brother, but in a really weird way. <laughs> and it's not never been sexual. And it was interesting, actually. His partner said to me when they first got together, I said to him, I think there's something between your partner and me, like there's some energy. And 
he said, no, 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 there isn't. And then a couple of weeks later, she said to me, Talia, I'm jealous of you. And I said, what do you mean? I said, you know, we've never slept together. There's never been anything sexual. She said, I'm not jealous of that. I'm jealous of the energy, the connection that you have. Wow. And I was like, oh yeah, well, (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the thing about an energetic connection, you're like, oh yeah, that's the thing. You can't dispute it. It's a fact. Mm -hmm. And she could see it. And she was like, I want that. And I was like, I don't Uh know how to... I mean, I'm sure it will come. I mean, I don't know how to. Well, no, actually. Okay, no. (laughs) No, no. Maybe they're soulmates and maybe they're meant to be. And maybe they do have whatever connection that they're supposed to have. But like chemistry and energy, both whether we're talking about chemistry or an energetic connection, they don't grow or change. Like they're just there. Mm -hmm. If you're talking about like a physical attraction, that can grow because of or get worse or like (laughs) decline. Yeah, because of situations. But now I'm so curious about that couple. So they're not married, they're boyfriend and girlfriend? They're engaged, they're getting married. They're engaged. Yeah. Are they both incredibly happy in the relationship? Yes, as far okay. as I know they are. Yeah, as far as I That's know they are. That's all that matters. Yeah, it was just the initial thing she was like, and it was funny because I said to him, I'm, no, I'm sure there's something there. He just kind of blew it off. And I was like, mm, I feel I feel some energy because she was really standoffish towards me. And I was like, and then once we talked it out, I was like, oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. And then I was like, you know, I said, like, you don't need to kind of, it's not threatening. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're never, he literally is like my brother. There's never going to be any kind of romantic connection. But I think there's also a safety in that, that I'll never lose him. Whereas if something happens in their relationship ends, I'll still still be there, you know? And, And I've actually heard that before. I've heard people say that before. Another friend of mine, I said to him, how come you're not with so-and-so. And he said, because I never want to lose her. So I, I don't want to be in a relationship with her because there's a possibility that I could lose her. And this way, I'll, she'll always be in my life. Oh my God. Can you send that person to me, that guy? Because here's the thing. like That's actually a really beautiful thing. It's a very cool way of looking at things. But what I talk about a lot in my spiritual teachings is, is that to not have fear. So that sounds like a fear mentality. It's like there's, there's always, there's fear and love. And so if you are in a relationship and you are worried it's going to end, then it could possibly end because that's what you're focused on because the universe gives you what you focus on. Mm-hmm. So having that mentality that the guy is just not going to marry some girl that he has this connection with because so he doesn't want to lose her. That means that he has a fear of when he's in a relationship that he's going to lose the person. That's not healthy. It might've, well, here's the thing. That was one section of it. There might've been other stuff that we didn't get into. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if that was the whole story, but and also as well, I just want to add that that was my interpretation. So I don't know, okay. if, you know, I don't know if that's exactly, that was what kind of what I heard, but I was, you know, I'm interested to see. Wait, but I do have a question. Getting back to guy A, letter A, guy mm-hmm. one, okay. Specimen A. The one that we were talking about who's engaged. The brother, yeah. What's his name? Oh, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> oh, no, right, okay. Mr. X. <laughs> okay. We're talking about Alex. Okay. Okay. What if that really was his name? So Alex... <laughs> Did you ever at any, now we're getting into like Harry Met Sally mode, you know, the movie where it's like, he says guys and girls can be friends and she says they can't be. Did you ever have any like instinct to get together at all, ever? No, no, not sexually. No, we just didn't have that. We never had that, but we were very close, very, very close. We lived together a lot. Yeah. We just never had that. Yeah. It was never that kind of thing. But did he have it towards you? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. We never talked about it, but I don't think so. Actually, it was funny, actually, because I told him, I wanted to tell him that I loved him 
because I do love him, but I was afraid to tell him because I didn't want him to think that I was in love with him. Huh. And I just told him that. I said, like, I really love you. And I tell my friends all the time, I love you. But they know what I mean when I say that. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm in love with you. And so when I told him, but I knew he didn't do that a lot. So I, I said to him, yeah, I love, you know, I, I want to let you know. And it was a real vulnerable moment. And I could tell there was a bit of like, you know, he was kind of getting used to that. And then now we tell each other we love each other all the time. And it's just this really nice, you know, because I do, I really, really deeply care for him. I feel like I definitely want to be in his life and I feel like he wants to be in mine. I mean, we live in different continents now, but we still keep in touch. He lives overseas in South America, so. But you live together where? We traveled around. We lived in Canada together. We lived in Colombia together. We lived in, well, we didn't live in Thailand, but we hung out in Thailand together. He's like a soul brother. Yeah, definitely a soul brother. Yeah, yeah. Just, oh, he's just such an amazing human being. I'm just... I'm like, oh my God, if I have kids and they're like half as, half as amazing as you, I'll be so proud of them. I mean, I'll be proud of them anyway, I'm sure. But yeah. I love this. Okay, Alex, if you're watching. <laughs> Actually, I have another friend called Alex, so he's going to think it's you. <laughs> Alex, it's not you. <laughs> real Alex? No. <laughs> now wouldn't it be funny if you ended up marrying real Alex? Oh my gosh, he's totally going to listen to this. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is he cute? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to move on. We're going to move on. I've got another question for no, you. <laughs> okay. You are the host of the show. Now I'm the host of another show. Now I'm pretending I'm the host. You're the host. I'm the <laughs> All right. So in that initial conversation, you also said, if you have to talk yourself into something or out of something, then it's a no. But you also said you want to give yourself enough time to know for sure. And I think that's a really important point. And you also said that if you have experienced a great love before then you have a certain bar to reach. So the bar that is set needs to be either as good as or better than that great love. Can you talk a little bit more about that? And I guess what comes up for me when I hear that is, I mean, I think it's kind of almost impossible to not compare. But I also think, is that potentially setting yourself up for failure? Just comparing whoever you're dating to your past love? I think that if you do it in the way that I'm talking about, it's the most helpful thing possible. That bar thing that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And I just want to go back a second to the talking yourself into or out of anything that's a no and doubt is a no because that is your intuition. So just with that said, having the bar, that means you know what your heart is capable of feeling. So that is a wonderful, positive thing. You're not, once again, it's like you're not comparing, getting back to kind of chemistry versus energy. You're not comparing the actual person. You're comparing how your heart is feeling. And there is nothing wrong with that. That is a beautiful thing to do. And it's your compass. It's how you, is the expert of you, can navigate your dating journey to make sure that you end up with the person that you're supposed to be with. So it is just a positive thing to know where the bar is and to know that it's not comparing. Okay, I'll give you an example of what comparing is, which you don't necessarily want to do. Like, let's say your ex who you didn't want to have the breakup because that's what it sounds like. It's like you're comparing and you felt so much for this person in the end. Let's say you guys traveled a lot and he was really, really thoughtful and he had money, okay? But then this guy comes along who doesn't have as much money and you don't travel as much and maybe he's not as thoughtful, but your heart feels so much more for whatever reason. You're just, you feel like, okay, the bar, yeah, it meets the bar and it even exceeds it. You know, then it's like, 
okay, but this is the person maybe that I feel more for. So maybe he earns less money, but my heart's happier. Yeah, I don't know. I always think that energy is such a personal thing. And like you said at the start, I don't know that it's something that can be manufactured, but I really want to kind of bring out one part of what I just talked about that you mentioned is, you know, if you to talk yourself in or out of something, that's a no, but you also want to give yourself enough time to know for sure. So what is yeah. enough time? And how do we kind of know when we're like, okay, you know what? My intuition say no still. Okay. Crazy thing about intuition, the cool thing about intuition is that you actually do know right away. I feel like with maybe not literally the moment you say hello, but within that first date, you have a very good feeling of if this person has potential or not. Now, regardless of if that is a yes or no, and you have an at least an okay time on the date, like it wouldn't be horrible to see this person again, then it is good, I would say, to give it three dates. It's funny that I'm going to relate this to something. So my husband always says that he gives a, a new TV show three times. <laughs> I don't do that. But that's his choice, you know? So it's kind of like, it's a situation where it's not horrible, you know? And it's enjoyable to be with this person. Give it three dates. Give it three dates. Because after South, and I'm not talking about like a 45 minute glass of wine date or a half an hour coffee, like three solid good dates. Because that's a good amount of time. Let's say at least an hour, hour and a half, two hours each time. And what are we looking for in those dates? Are we just looking for that kind of comfortable state to settle in? Or is it kind of just to see if our intuition's still kind of screaming no? <laughs> Or still on the fence. Yeah, because I'm sorry. I don't know if it was you actually said screaming that you were like talking yourself in or talking yourself out. So if you're still kind of like trying to talk yourself in. Yeah, so a few things. You want to feel peace in your heart. And that's more of a, like the person that you end up with. You just want to make sure that there's peace in your heart. I don't know if you're going to feel that ultimate feeling in three dates, but you want to feel comfortable. You want to feel like you're having fun. You want to have a natural trust for this person. You want to feel like you can totally be yourself. Some red flags that you like to go the opposite, things to look out for. Well, actually, let's go back to these. Like I call them like non-negotiables. And I have a thing called an acronym, CERT, C-E-R-T, to make sure certain that you know there's a good chance. So like I said, C is for comfort. E is for empathy. If you feel like this person's empathetic with you, you can be empathetic with them. R is for respect. Do you feel like they're respecting you? You're respecting them. And T is for trust. You're trusting yourself and your own intuition and you're trusting them. Search, remember, C-E-R-T. And then red flags, avoid. So A is for if they are arrogant. V is for if they are vain or violent. I like to use both of them. You know, vain, vain's a good one because on a date, if like, if they're just talking about themselves way too much, it's just like, no, thank you. Yeah. If this is the whole relationship, it's going to be like... Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes. O is for out of control. You just feel, I don't know, they drink too much or they're just like all over the place. I is for ignores you or ignorance. Both of them, just not good. And D is for dishonest. So those are things to think about. I'd be happy to like send you these things typed out for people, anybody who's watching, if they didn't like get a chance to write these things down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But overall, it's like I kind of getting back to the positive things. You know, are you having fun? Do you feel like it's not like an interview and more like a conversation? It's that comfort level. 
But most importantly, are you able to be yourself and having fun? I would say those are the two top things. Yeah. Be yourself and having fun. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know if this is true for anybody else, but like I remember back in the day when, you know, online dating was kind of taboo and people didn't want to talk about it. Now, like it's very, very common and everybody does it. But I feel like it's gone, it's swung the other way where it's like this swipe culture where everyone's just like, you know, aesthetics, it's very shallow. And I mean, look, I have to say that I have met some amazing people online and it's been great. Like they're absolutely amazing, incredible human beings. But also equally for every one amazing human being that's like, you know, 20 not so amazing human beings. So yeah, it can be kind of disheartening, I guess, when you're talking about dating. I would just recommend, just think about it as any bad date or bad story situation gives you a story. Yeah. For dates, you can write a book. You know, Oprah always says like, use negative situations to make them positive. So mm-hmm. just try to have as much fun. By the way, really fast, how old are you? Because I might have somebody for you. <laughs> All right, we might have to talk about this off air. <laughs> I have a single brother. <laughs> I'm in Australia. Is he in Australia? He would move to Australia. <laughs> He's in Arizona in the United States. We went there as a family a long time ago. We went to Australia. We loved it. <laughs> I'm going to cut this part out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> All right. So I wanted to ask you, so we're talking a lot about energy and you know attracting the right partner or with energy versus chemistry. So how do we cultivate the energy that attracts the right partner for us? I can only speak for myself, but I've noticed that there's certainly waves, waves of trusting myself and thinking that I'm moving in the right direction with someone and then getting caught up and forgetting which way I've chosen. And I think there's also this thing of, you know, I hear this a lot where, you know, when you start to like someone, it's very hard to kind of keep that cool energy going. I don't know if that cool energy is the kind of right word, but you care more, right? Because you're like, oh my gosh, I like this person. So something shifts and you're like, why is this happening? This is making it so much more difficult than it needs to be. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So this is what I was saying before. When you find that you start being more in fear mode in a relationship, worrying it's going to end, worrying how you're going to show up, worrying is he going to like what I say? Is he going to like what I wear? Going to like what I look like? Am I going to go on another date? All of those things, you need to make that shift into from your being in fear mode to being in love and trusting, fear to faith. And you have to make this conscious shift, okay? Because like I said before, it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you're so worried that this relationship is going to end, the universe gives us what we focus on, it will end. Versus just being in the moment, trusting yourself, trusting that it's already all planned out anyway. So all you can do is to enjoy the moment and show up as yourself. And we do that by learning how to love ourselves unconditionally. Mm. That way we are just free. You know, it's like this weight is lifted off. Okay, wait, I don't need to be anybody else. Oh yeah, and I need to remind myself that this person's going to love me no matter what, if they're the right person. Because, right. you know, it goes back to like talking yourself into your or trying to fit or trying to... No, it's just going to flow. doesn't mean no conflict in the relationship, but it will flow and you'll know what that means when it's flowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And what about prior to that? So that self-love piece is prior to that actually meeting someone as well. Like, you know, I, mean, I think I've mentioned this before in a podcast, but I don't know if it was Tony Robbins who said it, but it's really kind of floored me when I heard it. it was, you know, everyone talks about write down all the things you want in your 
perfect partner. And then again, I think it was Tony Robbins said, well, okay, so this is the list of all the things you'd want in your potential perfect partner. Perfect for you, not perfect human being, but perfect right. for you. Right. Well, I also said in quotation marks because it's like, I don't know, you know, nobody's perfect, of course. Right, exactly. Yeah. So he said like, okay, so what kind of person would you have to be to attract that high caliber person? And I was like, at the time, this was years ago, and I was like, that's such an obvious, great question. And I was like, true. Like, you know, okay, so now list all the things of the kind of person that you would have to do and be and act like. And if you're expecting somebody to dress a certain way, then are you the kind of person that's going to attract somebody who's going to dress that certain way? Because I know that actually I have dated people who fashion is very important to them or, you know, whereas for me, it's like a bit less important. But it's really interesting what comes out when you date different kinds of people and see what's important to them. And yeah, and just like kind of having that list for yourself, showing up the way that would attract that person. That was really helpful for me. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really take work to show up as yourself, you know? And you actually want somebody who's different than you, I think. Like if we're talking about fashion, okay? Like if you wanted somebody who's into fashion and if you are into fashion, great being in fashion or, or like, I'll give you an example from my life, okay? So I have two brothers and a dad and they love sports. They were baseball players, they're big into baseball. I find it, this is gonna sound funny because I'm not like attracted to my brothers and my dad, but like I find it attractive in a man who loves sports. It's just very manly to me. And I write about this in the book that I'm writing. I write how funny it is because I wanted to track a man who loves sports. Not that I love sports because I don't, and I'm not going to pretend that I do. I will accompany my man to a game or something. But I think that's a good example of you don't need to want the same things and to be comfortable saying like, yeah, like I'm not a huge sports fan. I'm a fan of like, it's fun to be like a fan of the sports in my city but I'm not like gung-ho sports. Now you did mention money and this is something interesting. I have a current client and she wants to manifest a man who has money. And because, not because she's a shallow person, because money to her means safety and comfort because she grew up with issues. Her parents had times where there wasn't money and things like that. So she just wants that stability. And so to relate it to what you're saying, how does she manifest that? Because that's your example of one of your examples. How does she manifest that? It's knowing that she deserves it. Mm, Okay. So whatever you want to manifest, know that you deserve it. Yeah, that's a really good pace, actually. But like she does happen to live a life of where she has nice things and she has a good job and she's independently wealthy because she works really hard. But I don't think that you actually, like, let's say she didn't have that. Just the fact knowing that she deserves to have a man who has that is all that matters, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think it's interesting as well. Like you said, when you meet someone with the right energy and connection, you do have non-negotiables, but sometimes there's things that you're willing to kind of flex on a little bit. I don't know. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure what the answer is or if there is one answer. You know, I, I just know that meeting, having that rare energy connection to me is rare as well because I haven't had that, you know, and that person that I was referring to at the start of the call. I've never had that. I've never had a non-sexual energy connection like I have with that man that was purely non-sexual. And I really did feel like he was my brother and is, I feel like he is, you know, and we could have times where we don't speak for a year. I mean, we haven't had that. We could, and it would be, I think we could just pick up where we left, you know, it's like that kind of old school connection. And I have that with a lot of girlfriends, but not with many males that where I haven't been intimate with them. So yeah, sorry, I digress. Well, your man is out there and 
you're going to find him. Well, we'll and see. here's the cool thing. He's looking for you also right now. Well, I guess we'll say, I guess we'll find out. You need to believe that it's going to happen in order for it, happen, for it to happen. You need to visualize that it's going to happen. You need to trust that it's going to happen in order for it to happen. That is very true. So it actually leans on to the next question, which is how do you know when you've found the one? This is kind of a really big question. <laughs> no, I have a little checklist, but just in general, it's like I said before, when you feel peace in your heart, which I can't even explain like in writing really what that means. But it's like, you'll know what it means. You feel peace. Your heart feels at peace. Your mind feels at peace also. Like there's just no more chaos. It's like you can relax. But I do have a little list of how you know that you found the one. And it goes like this. You can be your authentic self, like I talked about before. You feel like you can't get enough of this person. You feel intrigued by this person. You miss them when you're not with them. You, they feel like home. You can't imagine being with anybody else. They're your favorite person. You feel safe with them. And then time stops. That's more like at the beginning, but time stops. Life is more colorful and you feel safe in their arms. Like drop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine and she was telling me how she's dating a guy and she's like, I really like him, but it doesn't feel like that last big love that I had. And it was just interesting to hearing her talk about like, it's not necessarily less than, it's just a really different kind of connection. Yeah, it was just really interesting hearing her talk about the differences between that old love, the old flame she had and the new love, which is, and I wonder if some of it was kind of like battle scars, kind of going, well, my heart's been pretty knocked around. So I'm not sure if I can let him in as much as I let in the first guy because of the scar of that? I would love to work with this person because it would be interesting to kind of get in there and see, is her heart not open? My intuition is wondering. I would like to ask her, are you happy? And if she says she's happy in this relationship, that's all that matters. Right. You know, because there are people, like if you gave me a different scenario of somebody who was thinking, well, it's not exactly like this big love that it was before. And then, but they're also not happy in the relationship, then that's a problem. But if it's not like the old big love, but she's happy, she feels happy and fulfilled in this relationship. That's all that matters. If her heart is at peace, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, this question kind of comes back to what you touched on this before. How can fear, the fear of the relationship will end, fear that your partner will cheat or lack of trust in your relationship become that self-fulfilling prophecy? And how much of that, like, I feel like, like I was just saying with the battle scars, we bring a lot of things into our new relationships. Now, obviously, nobody wants to bring (laughs) their baggage in. And I think a lot of us don't realize we're carrying that with us, dragging it around. You know, what's the best way to kind of steer that fear when we know it's our junk that we have to deal with? Yeah. So if you have, let's say, an unresolved issue of trust... You do need to resolve that or else you're not going to be able to trust somebody. And you resolve that by doing what I call, this is what I learned in spiritual psychology school. It's called compassionate self-forgiveness. And an example is you put your hand over your heart and you close your eyes and you say, I forgive myself for buying into the misbelief that I can't trust people. What is the truth? I can trust people. And It's also a projection. So whatever your judgment of somebody is, whatever the unresolved issue is, 
is actually what's going inside. So if you can't trust somebody, that also means you're not able to trust yourself. So I also recommend to do the work to, this goes back to intuition, to be able to trust yourself in any situation. And if you think that you have a relationship, it doesn't work out and the issue is trust and you're like, but the next relationship is going to be better and you don't do the work, you're just fooling yourself because you really have to do that work to cultivate that love for yourself, trust yourself to go back briefly to the past. It's not, you know, you don't need to stay there, but go back to the past to see where did this start so that you can actually trust yourself and trust the other person. Because if you're not trusting yourself and you're in the past, you're going to keep manifesting and validating that your perception that people aren't trustworthy. Right. They're going to bring someone into your life who's going to cheat on you also or whatever. You know, you really have to do the work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds like do the work is really the answer to all the hangups and the baggage we have. I guess a question I have around that for somebody listening who's maybe identifying some of these things in their own behavior would be, where do we start? Because I know that it's a lifelong journey and that, you know, hangups are formed <laughs> all along the path. Yeah. Well, like I said, I was just saying that compassionate self-forgiveness is a place to start. It's having the awareness that there is an issue. This is not just because I'm a therapist and a coach. This is the truth that having a coach or a therapist can help you beyond words. It is a gift to yourself. I mean, when I see my clients have aha moments or feel lighter at the end of sessions and then just exponentially grow every week, it is so beautiful to watch. And I know as a human being, I've had therapy sessions in the past that are just so helpful because there's something about somebody else witnessing you and reflecting back to you and helping you see things maybe that you didn't see that is just so helpful in your evolution. Mm-hmm. That's where you start. Okay. So this is a great question. I'm glad you brought this up. So how do we know that we have the right therapist for us? Okay. Intuition. I always recommend shopping around, you know, make two to three appointments and see who you feel the most comfortable with. Whoever this person is, you really need to feel 100% comfortable sharing everything with this person because therapy coaching is an investment of your time and money. So why do it if you're not going to feel completely comfortable just sharing everything with this person? So you can really, you can really grow and learn. I had this couple recently, they're a new couple. They've done, I think two or three sessions now. I can't remember exactly. And they interviewed me before they hired me. And they said, you know, we are interviewing other therapists. And instead of like needing to sell myself or being worried about it, I know that the right clients are supposed to be with the right therapist. And so like, if they are supposed to be my clients, then then they are. And, you know, they asked me about my modalities and everything. And I just said, this is what I offer. And, you know, you need to pick the therapist you feel the most comfortable with. And I'm so much more about showing than telling. So it's like, let's just do a session. You know, I see over the 20 years, my clients get such, you know, transformations in their lives, but I'm not going to sell that to you, you know, just try it out. So they hired me and going well. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I think that when you come from that, like you said, the place of authenticity where you're like, well, if it's meant to be, it will be. Yeah. I remember that really helped me early on in life. I broke up with a kind of significant partner. And I remember thinking, you know what, if we're meant to be together, we'll be together. And if we're not, then we're not. And I know it kind of sounds really simple when you say it like that, and but it did really help me at the time. I was just like, okay, cool. So if we're meant to be together, we'll be together. So I don't have to worry about it. 
It really, really helped. Oh, it was so helpful. Yeah, it was really helpful. So what about the people that have financial constraints and perhaps maybe can't afford to commit to some sort of therapy at the moment? What are some other options for those people? Yeah. So first of all, I'll just speak personally. I don't know what other therapist coaches do, but for instance, like I offer an hourly fee, but then I also have 45 minutes and I have a half an hour fee, mm-hmm. you know? So if you drink coffee, you know, maybe don't buy the Starbucks or whatever for a month and that money, there you go. Like there's some money for therapy. So, I mean, if you're literally homeless on the street and you literally don't have money, my point is that even if you need to ask a family or somebody, a family member or or somebody like this is important, you know, it is important at some point in your life, maybe if it's not right now to get into some therapy or coaching. Now, if you're not going to do that, yes, read books, read books, whatever you're doing, keep doing, read Instagram blogs, reels, study. Mm -hmm. Some people offer, you know, free courses online, things like that. But I'm just going to go back to books. There's a guy named Joe Vitale. Vitale, he's this guy in the spiritual world. He's amazing. He's in this world. He's not passed on yet. I said spiritual. (laughs) He's here. And he was homeless at one point. And he just like, he lived in a library. He just read and read and read. So if you don't have money right now, first of all, don't be in lack mode, be in abundance mode. And, you know, don't be in scarcity mode because the only way you will have more money is to believe that you deserve it. That's a different conversation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, but books aren't expensive. You know, there are a lot of free things online. You don't even have to buy a book. So just -hmm. do do what you can. Okay. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. And actually there are a lot of places. Like when I first started working in Los Angeles many years ago, I actually worked at a place called the Maple Counseling Center and they had sliding scales galore. Like some of my clients, this is like literally my first job, you know, they would pay like $5 or 25, you know? Mm -hmm. So there are places that offer, you know, free types of things. Yeah. I think reading books is a really good one. And I think what came up for me as well, when you said like, you know, try not to be in lack, be in abundance. I feel like that's really great advice, but I also feel like it's sometimes really hard when you're in that really down state. So I think the reading books surrounding yourself with material that can help you like curating your newsfeed. I just want to use an example and not be a comparable example, but I'm like physically the biggest I've ever been in my life, but I certainly have the best image of myself mentally than I've ever had in my life. And I was saying to my friend, I think it's because I curate my newsfeed. There's a lot of plus size models on my newsfeed, a lot of really beautiful women. uh, And the idea of beauty has really changed from when I was growing up. And it's really helped me to love myself at any size. Now I do want to lose weight, but it's for health reasons. It's not for aesthetics, not because I don't accept myself. It's not because I'm worried about what somebody will think of me, namely like any, any type of man that I'm dating or not dating. Like I'm just not worried. It's not a concern of mine. And so the point of me saying this was that what really helped was all of the information that's kind of seeping into my brain from like Instagram and all the new stuff that I read. And if we're doing this with relationships and we are feeling perhaps like it's really, really hard to stay out of lack, then just, I know it sounds as corny as it sounds, reading those Instagram kind of memes and inspirational quotes and stuff really helps. You know, it really, really helps me. It kind of sometimes feels a bit kind of corny or something that's been recycled, but it's so helpful to me. So I don't know if that has worked for you in the past and it kind of has carried me through some hard times. Also find friends, find accountability buddies, people that build you up, people that authentically like friends and family members that there's no competition. It's about surrounding yourself, like 
yes, with the books and the learning and everything, but also people that you love them no matter what, and they love you no matter what. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, thankfully I'm not in this situation, but I have had readers write into Rebel Love and be like, I feel completely trapped. I don't have anybody I can talk to. I don't feel close to my family. You know, my best friend's not around. So it's really, really difficult. I don't have the support I have. Like I literally feel alone. And actually an influencer that I follow, she just said, she just posted something that a woman wrote. She's like, I just broke up with my boyfriend of five years. He's been cheating on me for five years. I finally broke up with him. I don't have anyone around me. I'm terrified of being alone. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I couldn't imagine, not, like I have support. So I'm really, really lucky if I was in that situation. But I just really felt for that person. And it was interesting because the influencers answering it, what would be your advice for someone in that situation who doesn't have that kind of support around? So we, we are the co-creators of our life. We manifest everything. If she's identifying as a victim, it sounds like that, you know, like the poor me. And by the way, I am the most empathetic person you will ever meet. I naturally have empathy. I can't help it. Like it's very strong and I have compassion. So I'm saying this, not that I don't feel bad or that I can't imagine what that would feel like because that would feel very lonely and it would suck. However, in addition, if I were her coach or her therapist, I would say, feel what you're feeling, feel sad, feel all this, feel alone. And then realize that if you are in victim mode, which it sounds like you are right now, poor me, I don't know what to do you're putting limitations on yourself. Like you're saying, I don't have friends. I can't have friends. I don't have anybody. The more you say that, the more the universe is going to validate that because that's what you're focused on getting back to what we were saying before. So it's believing I can have friends. I'm going to manifest friends. I'm going to manifest the right guy. I'm going to manifest a better relationship with at least one family member. I can do that. Things like that. I would just offer to somebody who's feeling alone. Mm -hmm. I also want to add in addition to that, There is an amazing global community with the internet right now. I have friends that I've literally never met in person overseas and people that I, you know, are quite vulnerable with and speak with very deeply. So, and you can cultivate trust online and between other women as well, there is a lot of solidarity. So, you know, it is available to you online if they're not in your location as well. Because I find that, you know, sometimes people live in places where it's just difficult to find their people that they're really aligned with. Yeah. And then you never know, like, I love connections. Like you never know what some, a friend is going to lead you to this friend. And I always say like, if you're going to an event, which events in certain places in this world have not been happening, but Mm. they will be happening again. So if you go to an event, I had this girl on my show recently and she's single and she kind of was like, I go to an event, I stay in the room. There's not a guy, I leave. So, you know, I was like, actually you should stay at these events because you never know. What if you meet a friend and then like your future husband is her brother you know, or her cousin. So it's always good to just, I know it's a little off topic, not really, but it's just the point is you never know where connections are going to lead you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah, I found a lot of amazing writers and stories and people to interview through people through Ripple Love. They'll just send them my way, which is really amazing actually when you have that energy. Like you said, people just are attracted to it, which is has been really helpful for me with this blog, actually. <laughs> people coming to me and not having to kind of seek yeah. them out, which is... And they're amazing, amazing, amazing people. So, okay. Jamie, thank you so much for being here today. I have one last question for you before we wrap up. And that is, what do you wish everybody knew about love? Okay, so I'm just going to tell you off the cuff and then I actually have a list. Okay. So I wish that people knew that it is their birthright to have love. Everybody comes to this earth. Everybody deserves love and that it is accessible for you. You need to know that you deserve it. And I also said, 
that, because this question was actually asked to me at a different podcast. And so I like put some, I like whip something together. So I said, it's accessible to everyone. It's your birthright to have love. It's the most magical feeling in the world when it's an authentic, romantic, and deeply connected love. I wish people would know that love is fun and one of the most transformative experiences in the world. And love is why we live. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much. I think that is like the perfect note to end on. So if people want to find out a little bit more about you, how can they do that? How can they get in touch? Sure. So my website is therelationshipexpert.com. Very easy, straightforward. My Instagram is at therelationshipexpert. But the only thing with that is that the X, it's just the relationship letter X, P-E-R-T. So not an expert. My radio show is Love Talk Live on Only Talk Radio. It's all this information is on my website and my Instagram. And I am offering a free seven days of manifesting love exercises and affirmations where you'll get an email once a day for seven days and I'm available for support. So I will send you the link for people to sign up for that. And I'm available for, you know, in this world we live in, I do Zoom sessions, coaching sessions, therapy sessions with people all over the world. Yeah, I love that. That's one kind of semi-good thing that's come out of COVID is that it's really opened up the scope of treatment for all over the world, which means we have access to a lot of really high quality therapists and coaches. So definitely if you're listening and Jamie is in alignment with you, (laughs) then definitely get in touch there. And you can find all the details of this episode and the show notes at rebellove.com forward slash EP24. And if you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And thank you, Jamie, so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much. This was so much fun. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Rebel Love Podcast, the podcast about love, sex, relationships, and money. If you like this episode, please support us by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform and find all the details of this episode and more at rebellove.com forward slash podcast. 